Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we are going to be talking about the new moon in the third decan of Leo. I hope that you're having a wonderful Friday afternoon out there, wherever you're joining us from. If you are stopping in, please let me know that you're here in the chat and where you're stopping in from. We're going to go a couple hours today. We're going to talk about the new moon in Leo. We're going to break down all the symbolism with that. We've got a I Ching and an animal for this lunation. And then we're going to take the new moon through the houses. So I'm excited that you're here. I hope that everything's going well for you this week. We've got some friends stopping in. I'll just shout you out. Lisa is here from Texas. Nice to see you, Lisa. KP1231 says, hi, Spencer, and all happy Friday from Cleveland. Hello, my friend. Nice to see you. Monique is here. Howdy, everyone from Los Angeles. All right, cool. So <clears throat> Stephen the Jupiterian is stopping in, says, good morning, stopping in from San Francisco via Jupiter. Okay, fun. All right, so yeah, just keep on Keep on letting me know when you stop in, when you're jo joining us. Um, hope Leo season's going well for you. We're coming to the uh, around the bend of this last lunation cycle, coming much closer to the Venus Kazemi on Sunday. So I'm excited about that. Tarya is joining us from Finland. Nice to see you, Tarya. Uh, so, so we'll break it all down today. A um, couple things before we get started. If you are new to the channel, please subscribe. Welcome, and uh, I hope that you'll be a, uh, a wonderful member of our community here. Uh, make sure you turn on that notification bell so that you know when I'm going to be going live again. And please, 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 please sign up for the newsletter uh, that you can find at my website, spencermichaud.com. That's when you know when I'm going to be going live. I announce the song of the week. I announce my new classes, one of which I have coming up at the Venus Kazemi. So... Uh, you're going to want to know when that's going live. We've got a really exciting offering coming this weekend. So that's going to be the first place it's going to be announced and where you're going to be able to sign up and get all the details with that. So make sure you're signed up. Spencer Michaud newsletter. Spencer Michaud astrology newsletter. Um, Deccans of Leo are on sale for another week or two. 20% off. You can find that on my website as well, spencermichaud.com. These are webinars that I did that help break down planets, signs, tarot, mythology, fixed stars. Um, a couple hours, we go down a journey together with Leo. We're going to talk a little bit about Leo 3 today, and I'm going to show you a slide or two from that. But um, it's a great, great way to support the channel by picking that up. Uh, if you want to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that's called a super chat or a super sticker. That really helps the channel. Um, if you want to bypass all of the YouTube things, you can send a donation directly through my Venmo at Spencer Michaud or PayPal me. Uh, there's links to that in the description of this video. Okay. The easiest thing you can do is just like the video and tell your friends about it. Word of mouth goes a long way. Don Fisher is here today. Nice to see you, Don. Well, friends, hope that you're doing well in the, this midsummer afternoon. Uh, I've been caretaking for some monarch butterfly caterpillars recently. Uh, it's been quite an adventure. Here's one that I have. I'll show you. Look at that. Look at that chrysalis. I helped facilitate that to a chrysalis, although it wasn't without challenge. And I've got another big fat caterpillar here that is mowing down on some milkweed. 
So I thought I would share that with you. You can see him. Where is he? He's hiding. There you go. This is, uh, you can see him there at the bottom. Cindy. I'm calling this one Cindy. They're like, I had three of them. The Brady's, right? And Marsha has already turned into a uh, chrysalis. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sad to, to, to relay that Jan didn't make it. Um, there was a problem. I don't know what was going on. She just sort of had a, a difficult day. And I think that um, one of them was just kind of not, not doing so well. I don't know what was going on. I tried to help it, but this is nature. This is when you're, when you're trying to help out nature or when you understand that some of the, of the, the little creatures are going to make it and some aren't. And it was, it was very sad, but uh, as Meatloaf likes to say, two out of three ain't bad. And hopefully we're helping facilitate these last two into adulthood. So please say your prayers to St. Francis or, or uh, whatever deity will be helpful for these little guys to make it to adulthood. And uh, I'll keep you updated. You can uh, follow along with uh, that on my Instagram at Spencer Michelle or on threads at Spencer Michelle. So, um, yeah, just just to <laughs> kind of talk about that a little bit, they started transforming at much smaller than I had thought they were going to during the Venus Uranus square. And um, I had what I called a monarch emergency where I was trying to, you know, make sure that they had um, uh, the ability to turn upside down. And one of them tried to attach itself to a stick and had fallen down and was trying to transform. So I had to do like little like monarch, almost like surgery where I had to tie it up to a stick and it finally shed right when I uh, strung it up. And uh, I actually asked the tarot what I should do to help. And I got the, the hermit card, which was the, the old man holding the lantern, just like a chrysalis. So I got some really nice information from that. And the future card I got was the high priestess, which shows two pillars, which sort of makes sense now that, that two, three have become two. So um, yeah, it's really, it's been an interesting journey and uh, I'm learning a lot as I go. So we have some more friends stopping in here. Jennifer DeRocher, hello friend, nice to see you. Don Fisher is here, says, love it. I only have one baby this year, all one, one monarch baby, yes. Okay, uh, Ricara Barnes is here from Boston, Massachusetts. Nice to see you, Ricara. Welcome, friend. Cookerzilla says hello from Mahone Bay. Yes, nice to see you, friend. Yeah, I think uh, normally I would have just left kind of the caterpillars to their own devices, but they had laid some eggs on some new plant starts that were supposed to go in the garden, and I was a little bit nervous that they were going to completely strip those plants before they had a chance to establish themselves, So, which would have been true because these guys, they eat like crazy. But in the future... If you are thinking about helping raise monarch caterpillars to adulthood, make sure you give them enough space because I think if you have a space that's a little bit too small, they start to feel like they're bigger than their britches here and they might uh, transform a little early. <laughs> that's my, my learning experience from this. Uh, Maggie is here from Nakodoches, Texas. Did I say that right? I'm sorry if I butchered that. Nakodoches, Nakodoches, well. Uh, buenos tardes, Maggie from Texas. She says, the tarot class is great. Good, Maggie. I'm so happy that you've been able to participate. We've been having a nice group with the guided group study. Um, just love interacting with all of you and uh, learning about the secrets of the Waitsmith Tarot. 
Uh, Don says, I love this so much. Just FYI, I use cookie cooling sheets in the winter for mine. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. If, if any of you have good tips on being monarch daddies or monarch parents, <laughs> that's, that's going to be my new nickname, the monarch daddy. Uh, you know, drop it in the chat. I always love hearing how, uh, how we can be of service to, to our little, our little nature friends. Okay. Um, Beth is here. Beth Cummings, nice to see you. Nice to see you, friend. All right, friends, let's dive into it. And I'm sure there are more people who are going to be stopping in. But I have set myself a hard deadline today for about, about 4 to 4.30, uh, which gives us plenty of time to break it down. But I have a book recommendation that I want to show you that I've been trying to, to work through. It's called Smart But Scattered Guide to Success, How to Use Your Brain's Executive Skills to Keep Up, Stay Calm, and Get Organized at Work and at Home by Peg Dawson and Richard Guare. Um, I'm realizing that as Jupiter is passing over my midheaven and that I'm trying to expand what I'm doing and take on maybe more responsibilities, um, be able to kind of uh, expand how I utilize my energy in day to day that I'm going to have to learn some new skills to be able to take all that on. So this, this book is really great about eliminating distractions, about prioritizing, about learning the type of emotional control that you need to be consistent from day to day. As a Cancer Sun and Mercury, sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit emotional about something, I can get me sidetracked. And I'm learning a lot of new skills to be able to uh, be more consistent day to day, which I think Jupiter is trying to teach us through the second decan of Taurus. Uh, there are certain things that I'm, I'm really consistent about, and there's other things where it's a struggle. And I think that a lot of us are trying to learn how to manage our responsibilities at our jobs, at our homes, with our families. Um, it's a lot to juggle sometimes. And I think that, you know, I think the more that we can learn how to center ourselves during those periods of time, um, I think we're going to be more successful. So highly recommend it. That, that was one book that I found. And then the other one is called Indistractable by Nir Eyal. How to control your attention and choose your life. Um, we have so many distractions these days that are competing for our attention. And a lot of the times we're just kind of going with the current and allowing ourselves to be swept away in all these different distractions. But I think that when we become more intentional about it, um, we're going to be able to get a lot more done. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring the people in our life or our social media accounts. It just means that sometimes we have to put those blinders on when we have projects that we want to get done and set those healthy boundaries. And I think that's something else that uh, I'm learning how to do as well. I'm someone who likes to show up and be available for people as much as I can. And um, as things expand with the, the channel and my business, sometimes I'm pulled in a lot of different directions. So if, uh, if I haven't reached out to you, if you've sent me a message, I want you to know that I appreciate it and that I'm working on getting, it, getting to it and getting back to you. All right, friends, let's keep going. Yeah, Monique says, I need to read both, dang it, yeah. There are, there are actually, Mo turned me on to this series, the, the Smart But Scattered uh, series. There's ones for being parents of, of children that have maybe some executive functioning challenges and for ones uh, for teenage parents um, or parents of teenagers. But the one I have is more geared towards adults. So yeah, and, and Lisa, Lisa says, I have ADHD, both of those sound great. I think that I may have a little, little sous 
of that ADHD myself. Um, I th it hasn't been super debilitating, but what I'm finding is that as I'm trying to expand what I'm doing, I really need to buckle down on those executive functioning things. It's more, it's just learning a new skill set. What I love about this book is that it, uh, it, it really gives you the freedom and the grace to know that sometimes at different points in your life, you need to learn new skills. And it um, doesn't mean you're a bad person or that you're flawed or anything like that. It just means that you know, we're going to be working through new challenges at different stages of our life. And sometimes we need to reskill. This is a wonderful way to utilize a Virgo Mercury and um, Mars and Virgo as well, is learning to reskill, especially if you're trying to do something uh, where you have a, a bigger goal in mind. Okay, so that being said, I'm going to pull up the chart and let's let's dive right in. What do you say? We'll break down this this uh, new moon that we've got coming up. So I will take a look at that for you. We'll pull it up. But those are my book recommendations for the week. Oftentimes I'm, I read metaphysical books and tarot and astrology, but I think to be a good practitioner, there's other types of skills that we can help our clients with or or ourselves as well. And, and that can really make you a great uh, diviner, um, especially if you're able to manage some of the practical parts of your life. A lot of times people who are in this work sometimes have trouble with that because they're, they are very much in between worlds, in liminal spaces. And I find myself sometimes getting lost in the liminal spaces sometimes. And, and books like this help keep one foot on the ground while we're trying to reach for those messages from spirit. Uh, Monique says, dude, this will be great to build on with Mercury retrograde too, executive functioning stuff. Yeah, great point, Monique, because Mercury is about to station retrograde uh, shortly after this new moon in Virgo. So relearning some of those practical skills, great opportunity, right? Um, Cookerzilla says, Venus retrograde ruling my sixth and tenth daily routine that's independent, but also inclusive of others. A lot of work. Thanks for the book, Recos. Nice, nice. Okay. I'm, I'm super happy. My Virgo stellium with uh, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars is really excited when I get to learn some new practical skill and share it with other people. So I hope that that's uh, beneficial for all of you here today. Okay, we're looking at a new moon in the third decan of Leo that we're going to be experiencing on August the 16th, which is a Wednesday, depending on your location, uh, 5.38 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, this is a, an interesting new moon that is going to be exactly, almost exactly, squaring Uranus and Taurus. So new moons are always when the moon and the sun are coming together and a renewal of the cycle. We're going to be coming off of Venus Kazemi, which is a fancy word for Venus uh, conjoining the sun or going into the heart of the sun and becoming renewed herself. So the moon is becoming renewed. And Venus has just recently become renewed as of this new moon. Uh, the Venus Kazemi will be happening on Sunday, August the 13th. And again, uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the Spencer Michelle newsletter if you are interested in the class offering that I have coming up, the big class offering, the year-long Deccan Walk. I'm going to be launching that on Sunday. So you're going to want to know when that comes out and be able to sign up through that. Um, so this, this new moon, we're going to have a very powerful sun 
in its own domicile. And the host of the moon is going to be the sun as well, since it's in the same sign of Leo. So we've got a really powerful uh, host for the new moon, uh, the sun in its own domicile, allowing us to really get clear on our priorities, on our authenticity, on the things that we're willing to uh, go to battle for. And it doesn't have to be like a stressful battle, it's something that we really believe in, that we're willing to put the work in to, to defend or to attain a position of authenticity. Uh, we probably got a really good idea through this Venus retrograde cycle on the things that we really love and the, the ways that we identify through the things that we love. We also may be understanding some of the, the hills that we're willing to defend and the ones that we really aren't willing to die on, the things that we need to let go. This is one of the really important factors of the third decan of Leo, is knowing when to stay and fight and when to really let go of something, whether it's a belief system or uh, an entrenched position of power or anything of that nature. Um, it, really learning when to say when is important because oftentimes Leo three type people will push the body beyond its limits I'm a Leo three ascendant. So there's been times in my life where I've pushed my body way beyond what, what it was capable of and, and really kind of uh, broke it. <laughs> like I injured myself quite a bit uh, doing sports and, and doing some other activities like sometimes gardening. If I didn't know my limits, I, I would be so focused on the goal. The spirit would be so passionate and intense, but the body has its limitations. So there's something to consider with this new moon that we may be feeling very intense and very passionate about what we want to achieve or some goal that we're really working on. But we have to realize that we're working with a body or we're working within the limitations of physical reality. We have the, the limitations of time. Okay. This is a, a reason to really brush up on your executive functioning skills because, you know, learning to manage your time is really important. And the more that you can consistently manage your time, you will be able to achieve more. Um, I don't think it's necessarily about working harder. A lot of the times we get guilted into working harder in this society, in Western society. And I think really the key is working more efficiently, um, learning how to filter out the types of things that are designed to pull our attention away from the things that are important to us. It's a really interesting time period in history where we literally have these devices in our hands that are designed, designed to distract us, are designed to focus our attention on a multitude, a myriad of different distractions. And we really have to be disciplined when we are trying to work through that. Um, I think especially with, you know, we, we can be disciplined with our bodies, but our minds as well, right? We need to understand what we're putting into our body, not just with food or, or anything like that. It's, it's information as well. And say, okay, maybe it's not about cutting yourself off completely. I think this is something that a lot of times people will be like, I'm going on a social media fast. I'm going on a news fast. I'm not going to, I'm just going to put my, my head in the sand and I'm not going to pay attention to anything. I'm deleting my accounts. And I understand that impulse. Sometimes it's hard and you want to go cold Turkey. I don't necessarily think that that's, uh, necessary. I think that setting a specific time to engage with those things is important. And then keeping to that agreement that you've made with yourself so that you can be informed 
and you can have a community, a digital community, an online community, etc. But you keep it compartmentalized so that it isn't overtaking and overwhelming your life. And those agreements that we make with ourselves are really the basis of the authenticity, I think, of Leo, where we say, I'm committed to being an authentic, integral person, an in integral expression, okay? And in integrity is what I'm trying to, to point towards. Um, integrity to me means that our outer expression is a reflection of the way that we feel internally, of our inner state. And the, the journey of Leo talks a lot about putting on different personas, trying on different things about who we are, who we want to be in the world, and how we express ourselves to others. So this is something where we start off with the five of wands, where we're competing for attention or we're trying on new masks or personas. We win victory, okay, so that's a Saturn rule, Deccan. And we win victory, that's five of wands. Then we, we have in the second Deccan, where the sun is as we record this, we have the uh, the victory, the Jupiter Deccan, the victory of authenticity. And we see someone returning home victorious, uh, who he's gained support as well. And then finally, we have the seven of wands, where we have someone who has attained a position of authority or a position of authenticity. But then there may be some challenges where we are potentially having to defend uh, against being knocked off of that position. And again, we have to understand what, when we should move on and give over our position of power to the next generation or the next person or something like that. Um, that's an important part of this deck and also knowing when to step down from the spotlight or, or from a position of power. Now, we, this, this new moon is, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, I like the fact that the malefic planets, Mars and Saturn, do not witness the lunation. That, that to me is a positive sign. I like the fact that the first aspect the moon is going to make is a trine to Jupiter from Virgo. So I like that. Both good things. The big uh, elephant in the room, so to speak, is the square to Uranus in the third decan of Taurus, which could potentially bring about some unexpected challenges. Um, I've talked a lot about on this channel how Uranus and Taurus 3 requires innovative solutions to uh, things like climate change, things like natural disasters, things that are out of our control, things where if we feel like we are in control, we are falling prey to a term that we see a lot in ancient Greek philosophy, which is hubris, thinking that we are more powerful than divine or natural forces. And there is a, a humbling that comes through that. So I think that one of the challenges of this particular new moon is how are we going to dig deep for uh, solutions when we are faced with some of the, the challenges that are outside of our control. Leo is a sign that enjoys being in control, that enjoys uh, being able to assert its will towards its chosen outcome. And sometimes nature has other ideas. And I'm thinking specifically of we've been dealing with some really difficult challenges with the wildfires in Hawaii and my heart goes out to anyone who is uh, experiencing that right now. Um, but again, it's a reminder that, we, that, that we're really not going to be able to escape this no matter where we go. So what do we do with that energy, right? We find innovative solutions to 
to be able to protect against some of those challenges. The third decan of Leo also talks about like the courageous, tenacious effort to be able to fight your way out of a corner, like if your back is against the wall. And I think for a lot of people in various places of the world, their backs are against the wall with floods and fires and extreme heat and droughts and things like that. So it's going to take a lot of courageous energy to to move forward and to figure out what we're going to do as a community to alleviate some of that suffering moving forward. So that also could be something we're dealing with with this. And there, there may be some surprises that come along with this. We may have a goal in mind and there may be just something that we could not anticipate at this very at this time that we may that may take our attention away from our priorities. Now, hopefully we're learning new skills to be able to, to be more resilient, right? Resiliency is super important at this day and age. Um, this is something that I'm really trying to work on myself is that oftentimes, um, since I have the moon in Taurus and a Leo three ascendant, flexibility isn't always my strong suit. Like I will get really fixated on the way I want something to go. And then when nature has its way or when something comes up that is a challenge to my chosen direction, I get frustrated and sometimes it's hard for me to get back on track. So learning that resiliency, learning that emotional regulation that helps you keep going, even in the face of challenges, I think is going to be a, a really great thing to embrace during this lunar cycle. Um, we do have the benefit of a trine between Mars and Uranus in this particular lunation. I really like this uh, aspect. So even though there might be some challenges with with uh, the sun and Uranus, we do have a very strong Mercury, okay? Mercury in its exaltation and domicile. Although Mercury is slowing down to turn retrograde a few days after. But Mars is going to be helping us to understand what we're going to need to do, the skills that we need to make those innovative changes. Um, it's going to help us to protect against some of the flaws and weaknesses in our systems. A lot of the things that we've been seeing during climate change is that we have old systems that need to be updated that are not prepared for these new circumstances. So this may be something where you may be uh, examining some things in your own systems about how you can become more resilient as you make adjustments to the needs of the current times. For, for us in, at our house, for example, um, you know, we have a generator now, and now we're learning how to use this generator and how many things it can power, and, and you know, that's part of our resiliency plan, right? So th this is one of the things that you may have to start to think about as you move forward. We're also looking into how to weatherize our home to make it more energy efficient, right? So these are other things that you may be looking towards with, a, with an eye on the future, with an eye on the legacy that you want to be able to pass on. Okay, I'm just going to check in back with the chat here for a second. Um, let's see. Lots of people talking about their placements, which I love. Cookerzilla says finishing up a big, big project that's been going on since 2020. Venus retrograde has been a brick in the wall that has been needed. Yeah, you know, the, the Venus retrograde cycle has really helped us hopefully get clear on what our values are and maybe even do a, a big rebrand on some level. That's something that I'm working on also. And, and sometimes when you realize that you have something that you want to do differently, you need new skills. 
And that's, that, you shouldn't feel bad about that. That's the thing. Like, uh, we're all going to have moments where we just don't have the necessary skills to, to pull off the vision that we have. And that's where the humility comes in to say, I'm willing to learn something new. I'm willing to try something different. If you're trying to achieve a new goal with outdated methods, you're going to run into a lot of challenges and you're going to, that's where you're going to start banging your head against the brick wall. So that it takes a lot of courage and humility to say, you know what, I need some new skills. So Cookerzilla, I hope that you're finding the skills that you need to pull off that big, big project. Uh, Michelle is here. Thank you for the super sticker, Michelle. Nice to see you, friend. Um, Monique says, ah, she ought. My moon is, a, is my time lord and is squaring Uranus on my ascendant and my recent progressive moon at 23 Leo. Oh, boy. Guess there's some things that are going to happen with this new moon. Yep. There is always going to be things that are happening, and sometimes we'll feel it more intensely. Uh, those of you who have fixed risings, like Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, or Scorpio, are probably going to feel this new moon very intensely. So we'll, we'll break it all down and try to give you actionable steps to, to weather the storm here. Uh, Stephen has Venus retrograding in Leo in his ninth house. Okay, so probably questioning some belief systems, potentially. Um... Carol is here, Immortal and Wild. Nice to see you, friend. All right. So those are the, the, the main things that I'm seeing with the lunation, just the aspects itself. Okay, we've got the square, the very tight square to Uranus. Okay, it's maybe some unexpected uh, challenges from the weather or from nature or from powers that are greater than ourselves. We might have some challenges with an authority figure as well, with the sun being representative of authority sometimes where we may have a kind of having to, we may see this in the collective as well, like some kind of authority figure uh, having a challenge right now. I know that there's one individual in particular that's facing a whole mess of challenges. So we'll see how that plays out. Their ascendant is very close to this, uh, this square. Um, we are dealing still with Venus retrograde. Venus is still under the beams during this. It's Kind of like someone who is arising from their sick bed we've probably got a, a flash of inspiration at the kazemi and now we're we're trying to work to implement that and then once venus uh, escapes from under the beams we'll see some visu visual progress of that in our lives we also do have jupiter in the overcoming square to the lunation so even though we have this potentially difficult square with uranus jupiter is encouraging us to take our time to pace ourselves to learn new skills, to show up every day and do what needs to be done. And Jupiter in, in an overcoming square is fortunate, I think, for this lunation. So this is something where, yes, you may feel pushed beyond your comfort zone, but in those times you need to relax, center yourself and take it easy, right? To take a time out, practice your self-care, write things down. Uh, one of the things I realized is that I need to start scheduling more things into my day. Um, I know that it seems a little bit anal retentive to schedule every part of your day, but if you sometimes struggle with executive skills things, making a commitment to yourself can be really, really great. And even if scheduling in time to just zone out, you know, then, then you don't feel guilty when you're doing it and you set a limit to it. I know I need some unstructured daydreaming time. I need some time to stare out the window at my birds and trees and flowers, but I'm learning that I need to schedule that into my day 
and then set a limitation at it and say, okay, now it's time to get to work. Now it's time to do this, 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 and this. And that might be important for you as well. So uh, tending to your garden consistently, but, but taking time out to enjoy yourself and enjoy the process as well. Carol from Mass is here. It says, hi, Spencer. Courage and humility. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, those are important things, important qualities for this, this lunation because there may be something that challenges us. Uh, and it may be just our own expectations. I think that a lot of the time when we have prominent Leo placements, we, we expect a lot of ourselves. We, we have big ambitions. And you may be just a victim of your own uh, ambition with this. And you don't have to be a victim of it. This is where we shift our, our self-talk around it. This is a really important way of um, becoming consistently more centered is practicing positive self-talk. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a victim of my own ambition, say, you know, I'm trying something new. I'm trying to expand what I'm doing, and it's going to take, uh, take some new skills, but I'm, I'm going to be patient with the process, and I'm going to allow it to unfold and put in the, the requisite effort every day, and I'm going to keep showing up. Okay. All right. So we've got the Jupiter overcoming square, consistency over time. Um, we have a really strong Mercury, as I mentioned, which is going to retrograde on the 23rd of August. So if you are launching a project, as, as I'm going to be soon, there might be some, some delays potentially. There may be some things that you need to review along the process. So expect that coming along. But again, there might just be, it might just be a reskilling phase as well. Uh, Jennifer says, going on a four-hour trip with my ex tomorrow for a memorial for a friend that passed. Wow, that's a Venus retrograde experience, isn't it? Um, well, good luck with that, Jennifer. I hope that goes well for you. Um, and then finally, we have this, the, the Mars-Uranus trine, where we may be able to take actions to really eliminate the things that aren't necessary for our project, uh, to be able to understand the flaws in a system and fix them, right? This is a great time to just examine how you spend your time, what is working and what isn't, and be I don't know, fairly ruthless about it, right? Mars in the third decan of Virgo, I, I have this placement natally. I have Mars at 28 degrees Virgo. I sometimes have to be very ruthless with my time and say, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. I need to get rid of this part of what I'm doing. Um, but without overly obsessing with process, right? Oftentimes we can get in trouble if we, if we think that we have to do something a certain way. And Saturn in Pisces is still opposing excuse me, these two planets by opposition, by whole sign opposition. So there may be some things where we do have to let go and, and let universe uh, and allow the, the essence of what we're doing to be more important than the process itself. Sometimes when we get clear on what we're trying to achieve, the why of what we're trying to achieve, the process actually needs to change. I'm learning this uh, as I'm going along here as... Um, when you are trying to achieve a spiritual goal or something like that, or something that has an, a certain essence to it, often the methods that you used in the past aren't going to work anymore, especially if your priorities are shifting, as many of them are during Venus retrograde periods. So with shifting priorities, needs, uh, you need to be able to commit to shifting forms. All right. Uh, Lisa is saying the Kazemi is tomorrow. I hate spell check for astrological terms. Oh, you're talking about Kazemi, Lisa. Nice. Um, Beth says Venus in the fourth. Many home improvements going on. Yeah, that's a good Venus retrograde activity. 
um, just be careful not to spend too much money. <laughs> it's always it's always a little more expensive than you think it's going to be when you're doing home improvement projects. I'm finding that out the hard way uh, over here. Uh, Steven's going to a birthday party. Also, will be bringing my tarot cards and astrology software with me. Nice. Well, hopefully, you have a good good experience there, Steve. Um, Michelle says Venus in the eighth transit has brought me money through old business connections. Okay. Yeah. So some good fortune coming to you through the eighth house that maybe is something from the past, something returning to you. That could be also a manifestation of that. So those are great examples. Okay. So I'm going to clear the drawings here. I'm going to stick to my goal of trying to get done by four o'clock today. You guys hold me to it. Okay. Don't let me wander away too too harshly today <laughs> um i just want to show you just a little bit of the movement that we're going to see as the moon moves okay so i'm moving the chart now and what i want you to see is when the moon escapes from the bond so we're going to go about a couple days the bond is a is a condition of 15 degrees of separation okay between the sun and the moon uh, on either side of a conjunction or an opposition where it's sort of like the, the, the manifestation powers of the moon are held in check. And once it escapes the bond, once it gets out of that 15 degree, you know, arc of separation, which we're seeing right about here, about seven degrees of Virgo, that's when we're gonna start to see some manifestation energy. So this in my location would be around Thursday, August 17th. And then we look for the first aspect to a traditional planet that this moon is going to be making. In this case, it's already past the opposition with Saturn. And then the next aspect it's going to be making is a trine with Jupiter at 15 degrees of Taurus, okay? So we may really start to see some, some movement as we see the moon start to trine Jupiter on Friday, August 18th. So give yourself some time to allow that to unfold and there might be some really, really positive manifestations that come out of this. Okay. Go back to the to the chart here. I also want to say happy birthday, if, if you allow me to one one digression. A happy birthday to the Green Bay Packers, who were born on August 11th, 1919. I thought it was pretty interesting. Tonight is the first preseason game, uh, which I will be watching. They're going to play the Cincinnati Bengals tonight. Uh, I'm really excited about that and about football coming back. And it's pretty interesting to me, just a, a little tiny digression. Look at this really powerful sun the Packers have here at 17 degrees of Leo. Uh, a challenging Mars in, in Cancer. Uh, that, their Mars is actually exactly on my native, natal Mercury. <laughs> so they're like the ultimate distraction for me. Uh, my Mercury is in the 12th house. Um, but yeah, they have Saturn on the, the fixed star Regulus. And just a, a full moon energy to them. They're very visible, very visible franchise. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting little side note here. Okay, so we're about 15 minutes in. Uh, Luna Storm says, go Seahawks, first preseason win. Nice, exciting. Yeah, football is fun. It's, the, it's probably my favorite sport to watch and um, I'm excited about it. So this is a good opportunity to take a little stretch. Make sure you're hitting that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm gonna stretch my legs here before we go into the, the rising signs for the moon. Do me a huge favor if you're new here and you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Helps us to grow. Uh, make sure that you are have that notification bell on 
subscribe to the newsletter, Fruds, because I have some pretty exciting announcements coming, especially during the Venus Kazemi. I'm hoping to have that that big offering out, out for you all in this weekend. Going to stretch. Thanks for bearing with me and my my stretching. Get yourself a glass of water. Woo! Try to swallow it down the right, the right pipe this time. Try not to breathe the water in. Okay. Ooh, Luna says the Seahawks play the Packers on August 26th. Nice. Well, we'll have to compare notes, Luna. Um. And you have to tell me who you are. I know you're in my class, but you're keeping it mysterious here. So <laughs> tell me in the Discord uh, which which is which one you are, which person you are, and the Seahawks fan, so we can talk some football. How about that? And it's okay. You can keep your secrets. But uh, I would love to be able to talk football with with more of my friends. Okay, friends. Here's what I'm gonna do. I now I'm gonna pull up the rising signs for this lunation, and we're gonna start as somebody very intelligent on here suggested with the sign or the rising sign that the lunation is falling in so here we have the lunation um the sun is in leo so we're going to start with leo rising okay so for leo rising myself included here um you are going to be experiencing this new moon in the first house so this is a big moment for you for maybe a new revelation of a new persona um as i've been sharing this is going to be really close to my ascendant i'm 21 degrees leo so this is a big one for me but as i've been showing you i've been trying to learn new skills to be able to take on more responsibility so this might be something that you might be going through as well fellow leo risings you may be having something pretty important that you're trying to to manifest you may be trying to expand your your capability um, for manifesting abundance in your career um, you may have a project that you're working on that could very well bring you resources with Jupiter in that second decan of Taurus you may also Leo rising probably have to deal with a few unexpected challenges around this I've been kind of bracing myself for this and uh i know that with new systems and with bigger offerings and things like that sometimes there's going to be some hiccups along the way and i appreciate all your patience with that when you do something new you always have to kind of see what, how it's going to work out um, but leo rising you may have some unexpected things come up within your career uh, as well that could put some pressure on you and, and even just launching something new can put some some pressure on you so this is going to come through your career uh, you've been experiencing venus retrograde in your first house thinking about your values and this is also related to your career okay so you can see venus is providing resources for your 10th and for your third house so this could be dually this could be thinking about your values in your career or your value like about what you are worth or what your work is worth you could also be reconsidering some uh, things with people in your local community. Maybe you're reconsidering your actions with neighbors. <laughs> Something I've told people on this channel is 
I realized that I sort of am a little bit of a curmudgeon with my neighbors sometimes because I tend to really value my peace and quiet and space, but maybe there are certain hills that I don't have to die on. Like I have a neighbor who is sort of parking in my, uh, uh, on our property. <laughs> like we share a big driveway and they're inching closer and closer and closer to our space and have been parking in there for a while. But instead of creating a conflict, that's something where at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much. And instead of like creating another conflict, which would disturb my peace, which is the essence of what I would like to do and have in my space, just letting that go and letting other people do their thing actually will probably bring more peace. So there are certain boundaries that are worth defending. There are certain beliefs that you have that are worth, you know, going to battle over. But there are certain things in our life that are just not worth going to battle over. And you're going to have to decide, Leo Rising, which one of those things it is for you. And it could definitely be related to something with siblings, neighbors, a learning experience with the third house. It could be also with your daily habits and routines. This is something I talk about with clients in particular that have third house placements. Third house, to me, is very much a house of your daily habits and routines. It's the joy of the moon. And as I've been showing you with the executive skills retooling that I'm doing, that to me is very much a, a third house issue. A lot of people might ascribe those types of things to the sixth house. In traditional astrology, the sixth house is much more related to uh, illnesses, accidents, anything that's pulling you away from completing something. It could also be dr drudgery or something of that nature. But the third house is more about the short journeys that you go through uh, during your day. Like, so this could be errands that you have to run, but it also is like your schedule. You're, you're, you're traveling through, let's say you work at home like me. You're, you're traveling through your home uh, over the course of the day. You're, you're walking around and doing various things. So I, I think that that's part of this as well, learning how to, to manage your time uh, and so that you can expand what you're doing out into the world. Um, there's going to be a trine between Mars and Uranus in your second and your 10th house. So there may be a real push towards increasing your, your resources around this period of time as well. And it may be by doing something that is outside of the ordinary. This might be some new territory for you, Leo Rising, where you, 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 you're trying to uh, do something outside the box that people might not expect from you. And that may, it may shock people at first, but I think that if you're true to your vision and you're true to yourself, um, people's approval, it'll come and go. I think pe what people respect is when, when somebody is being true to themselves and their authentic self. And I think it is attractive to be able to value yourself on a certain level. So that's, consider that as well, Leo Rising. Okay, let's keep going. So let's go now to Virgo rising. Virgo rising, you have a new moon in the 12th house. So your Venus retrograde story has been connected to the ninth and to the second. So I would say Virgo rising, you have the benefit right now of having your first house ruler in a very strong position with Mercury and Virgo. You've got Mars making a very beneficial trine from your first house to the ninth house. 
Um, but this could be a time where you may have to rest a little bit. Sometimes when we have a new moon in the 12th, we're really having to, to either defend our right to have some solitude or some peace of mind. Um, you may have been really overburdened around this period of time, Virgo rising. Um, yeah, take care, Mo. Nice to see you, friend. We'll see you the next time. Uh, we'll uh, catch that Packers game if you can. Mo is my California Packer fan friend. Um, so 12th house, you know, with Virgo rising, you, you really may be re-examining your belief systems when it comes to your resources, how you use your resources. Uh, if you're utilizing your skills and your resources in service of your highest belief and your higher self, uh, it's, sometimes it's difficult to come up for air when we have prominent Virgo placements. We really, uh, Virgo is a very hardworking sign that gets very fixated on what they're doing, uh, very up close. And Saturn has been really challenging to you Virgo risings in Pisces saying, you know what, is this really in service of your, your true belief, your true belief systems, the narratives that shape your life? And that can be a difficult kind of experience sometimes. So uh, try to be innovative. Uh, try to let go of an old belief system that, that might not be serving you anymore. Make sure that you're experiencing essence over form, although form is important. Form is equally important, I think, to essence. But when we get too fixated on one or the other, that's when we uh, run into trouble. So again, try not to push too hard uh, Virgo rising around this period of time, especially because your energy may start to flag when Mercury goes retrograde a few days after this lunation. So there may be something that comes up with your, your body uh, or with your career that may be taxing, right? Because Mercury also rules your 10th house of Gemini, which is your career and the way that you present publicly. So there may be something where you have to reevaluate you know, your methods, and it may be connected to your work as well. There's also a signification with the 12th house of like secret enemies and things like that. Um, I have a 12th house sun and Mercury. So what I've learned about the secret enemies, um, they do exist. There are challenges in your life that you have to overcome. And there's, they are sometimes things that'll pull you away from your sense of empowerment. But the way I've kind of taken back my power with that, first of all, is to to practice an enormous amount of self-evaluation, self-examination, to, to ask myself if I've been contributing to the conflict rather than helping to alleviate it. And that's an important thing to be able to do when you have prominent 12th house placements as well. Um, also, just being able to surrender to things that are outside of your control is a really great way to deal with 12th house placements as well. There may just be some things that where you're, you're just not able to assert your will the way that you would normally want to. And um, this could be related to your belief system. It could be related to an orthodox religion that you're a part of. It could be related to a, a traveling scenario as well. Just be real careful about traveling around this period of time if you're a Virgo rising, because that could, you, you want to just make sure you're extra careful and, and that you've checked all your you know, flights and details and things of that nature, because there could be some things that uh, come up unexpectedly with that that could bring you into a place of, of challenge. But overall, Mercury in Virgo 
is a pretty positive time. Even Mercury retrogrades, I, I, I don't mind them that much. They can be a little bit annoying, but um, I have Mercury retrograde in my natal chart. And sometimes I feel like people are just like on my wavelength finally. Like I think that you slow down a little bit, you reflect a little bit more. And um, I think that's, that's a positive uh, approach to this lunation cycle. Okay, let's keep rolling. Okay, Libra rising. Okay, Libra rising, you have a new moon in your 11th house. Uh, so this is the house of friendship. This is the house of uh, a shared sense of belief with a group that you may be a part of, uh, altruism potentially. It also is the second house from the 10th or the derived second house from the 10th. So this could also be related to receiving benefits or money from like a, a government entity or from your job or from an authoritative figure. Venus is has been retrograding there, asking you about your value to a group, uh, asking you to re-examine the value that you uh, put out there as far as like maybe your role within a group. It's also providing resources for your eighth house, which is resources of a partner or inheritances or things that happen after completion or after death. Venus has also been providing resources for your first house. So this has been a, probably a pretty intense Venus retrograde for Libra risings because a lot of Libra risings or Taurus risings, both the, the, the Venus ruled ascendants are really having to re-examine very, very personally what their belief systems are, what their value is and things of that nature. There may be some delays around creating the normal sense of harmony that you're used to. Uh, Leo risings as well with Venus moving through the first house. So um, I think it's important to uh, give yourself some grace to understand that even if things aren't moving forward at the speed or the pace that you would hope, that once Venus starts to move forward again and escapes from under the beams and goes through its Kazemi cycle, you'll get a lot more clarity to, and be able to move forward with maybe with some shared resources or within the group that you're a part of. Um, Mars is going to be making a beneficial trine to Uranus from the 12th house. Okay. So this is something where uh, you, you may want to, to relax and find some peace around this period of time, but I have found that Mars, when Mars transits through a 12th house, there's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's like you're trying to relax in your backyard and the neighbor is trying to put in a new driveway and there's like a jackhammer or like there's construction or there's just always something that's, that's disrupting the peace. So, so try to give yourself some grace. Um, try to find that quiet space that you need to really feel your feelings that where you can feel your own energy without constantly having to be bombarded by other people's energy as well. We, we're going to see that in the animal that I pulled. Um, it's really important for us to be able to feel our own feelings and get in touch with our own heart space uh, around this period of time. Solitude is great for that. Um, and you may be re-examining how you create solitude within your life as well. Uh, there may be some requirements from a partner or from some responsibilities from a partnership that are disrupting that piece a little bit. But new methods to, to learn how to relax could be in the cards here. Okay. 
Yevgen's here, Cosmo, Shiva, Galaxina says Madonna's birthday on the new moon. She got her natal Venus. She has her natal Venus in Leo. Her fans are waiting for her to announce or re-announce her postponed tour for health issues. Venus will get reborn. Hopefully Mama will be fine after issues. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I believe Madonna is a Virgo rising, which was surprising to me. That was something I did not expect. I would it wouldn't have pegged wouldn't have pegged her for a Virgo rising, but um, that would mean that she has a twelfth house sun, and uh, sometimes health issues come up with us twelfth house suns, right? Where there's you know we our bodies we think that our spirit is willing, but sometimes life has other has other plans. So yeah, I'm wishing Madonna uh, a speedy recovery as well. Okay, Scorpio rising. Here is another angular house so you have a new moon in your 10th house so this is a big one for scorpio risings as well you've had venus retrograding through your 10th house causing you to maybe ask some questions about your value and your worth um maybe there's some rebranding over your public persona that you put out into the world venus has also been responsible for your seventh house of relationships so there might be some some challenges in relationships where you're reevaluating some things it's also the ruler of your 12th house. So there could also be some, some questions about how you rest or how you find solitude. Uh, there could be some questions about how you engage with people that uh, rub you the wrong way also. Um, so some self-evaluation around that, especially with bosses. I think this could be a new start with like a boss or something like that. If you've been having any issues with a group or a boss around this period of time, this could be a time to start moving moving beyond that conflict, potentially. Um, you do have a square with Uranus and the lunation from the 10th to the 7th. So there may be some, some surprises coming to you from a partnership. You're really having to, to work through some different issues with partners and, and work on maybe even being a different type of partner than you're used to. Jupiter's there to help, though. Jupiter says, let's take our time. Let's be patient. Um, there may be some really good fortune coming to a partner, but that also may be cha challenging to everyone's role within the relationship as well. Uh, there is also, right now, at this lunation, going to be a trine from Mars in your 11th house to Uranus in the 7th. So this could also be a great time to rely on your support system. Okay to rely on your friends and your groups and the people that you share a common bond with. Um, you may have to reevaluate what form that takes though, as Mercury stations retrograde in the 11th house. So consider that Mercury is also going to be uh, a host for your, the eighth house as well. So you may be, let's say I could see, um, you may have to think about your investments that you've made within a group as well. Uh, I could see like a, like someone who is like taking on the role as like a treasurer or something like that, uh, like a Scorpio rising, and then they have to reevaluate. Maybe there's like a spreadsheet that where the facts and figures have shifted, and you need to completely make a new system around that. This is just like some kind of hypothetical situation potentially taking on the different uh, roles that the planets are playing, but. Uh, Every one of us may have to dig deep in a certain area of our life to, to, to push something to the finish line. So Scorpio rising for you, 
you may have a lot feeling a lot of pressure at work but dig deep for the courage to be able to get that new project out the door or that new version of yourself out the door okay we keep going so let's talk sagittarius rising so sagittarius rising Excuse me. Sag rising has a new moon in their ninth house. So this is the house of uh, long distance journey, um, pilgrimages to 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 travel somewhere new for a specific purpose, for a higher spiritual purpose. Again, the Hellenistic astrologers didn't necessarily ascribe distance to the third and ninth house in, in my the research that I found it was more about meaning so a long distance journey to return to your family or something like that could still potentially be considered a third house journey because it's has to do with the family um, but if there's something that's out of the ordinary a journey where you're 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 changed by it something of that nature uh, that could be a ninth house issue um, it also has to do with orthodox belief systems. Uh, it is the joy of the sun. So this is actually a really powerful new moon for you too, Sag rising with, with the sun and its joy. This could bring, bring a lot of clarity to what is motivating to you. Um, the ninth house is the cadent house of the 10th, which basically means that it was on the midheaven or on the 10th house before the sign that was there, which in your case is Virgo. So oftentimes before we take action out in the world, which is the 10th house signification praxis, we have to understand why we're doing that. We have to get clear about what our motivating principles are. So this could be a time that you're really starting to get clear about what your motivation is. Um, and there's a square here. Dawn says, give me some good news. Well, Dawn, are you a Sag rising? Hopefully we'll figure something out here. I mean. Anytime that you have a new moon in one of the quote unquote good houses, that is generally can be something very fortuitous. The good houses would be considered the angular houses, one, four, seven, and 10, and also nine and 11, and sometimes three and five, right? So we're thinking about houses that aspect the ascendant. So the ninth and the fifth aspect by trine, the third by sextile, and then these angular by opposition and square, okay? But ang the angles were places of power, so we consider those good houses as well. So Dawn, if I'm speaking to you directly and other Sag Risings, um, you know, the good news is, is that if there was a, a health challenge or something like that that was going on, uh, you're probably finding beneficial practitioners to help you through that. Um, I would make sure that if you're doing any traveling to to really be cautious because the with the sun squared uranus that could lead to an accident or an illness so make sure that you're pacing yourself and taking your time um, a lot of you sag risings have been dealing with saturn in your fourth house which is sort of a grounding influence it's saying okay you have responsibilities at home type of thing right um and you may not feel like you have the, the freedom of movement that you would normally have. And that's okay. Sometimes we go through phases of that 
in our life. Now you have a lot of energy in your 10th house right now with the with Mercury in Virgo and its exaltation and its own domicile. But there will also be some reviewing that's going to happen in your public persona that's going to come after the, the retrograde of Mercury. The good news, other good news, is that um, Mars is in your 10th too, giving you a lot of energy to do public things. Uh, and it's making a beneficial trine to Uranus in the 6th. So if anything's going stickily in your public life, this is a great time to eliminate some of the flaws in the system. And you'll, you'll have, I think you'll have the energy to be able to do that at this lunation, to be able to say, you know what, this isn't working, we need to let go of this. Your powers of discrimination will be heightened. And I mean that in the most positive way. So make sure that instead of just thinking about the big picture with this lunation, as Sag and Pisces risings are often apt to do, it is important to pay attention to the details and eliminate the, the, the parts of the form that aren't working to be able to serve the higher purpose, to be able to serve the long distance view, long distance, the, the long range project that you're trying to work through. Okay. Don says, after two years of weird health issues, I've finally gotten treatment like 10 days ago. I feel so much better already. All right. So there you go, Don. So you have a, probably have a, a new a new way of moving through the world and you're feeling a lot more energized. So, so there you go. That's uh, confirming some of the things that we're discussing there. So good luck with that, Don. Okay. Let's see. Luna storm is a sad rising too. Yeah. The, I'll, I'll tell you the mutable risings. You're taking your turn having Saturn in an angular house. And that's always a little bit uh, challenging. And you've been going through the oppositions of Saturn with Mercury and Mars and all of these things. And I do want to say, friends, that as we move forward in this lunation, there will be a, and I'll come back to this after I go through the rising signs, but we're going to have a first quarter moon on the 24th of August, you know, and this is going to be angular for the mutable signs. So you will have a, a, a first quarter moon in your 10th and your first house, uh, Sag rising, where there may be a little bit of a, a, a existential crisis of trying to get a project moving, right? Where you might want to really start moving on something with the, the moon in the first decade of Sagittarius. You want to take action. You want to send your messages out. But the sun is going to be squaring it from the first decade of Virgo, saying it's very important. You might have to learn some new skills to, to be able to send this out into the world. And then we're going to be building to a full moon on August the 30th at seven degrees of Pisces opposing the sun in Virgo. So it, the other part of this, over the course of this lunation, there will be a Sun-Saturn opposition where we are going to have to probably run into uh, some challenges around how we've organized something and we might have to make some adjustments to be able to serve the higher purpose of our project. So keep that in mind, especially Sag rising, because you will be experiencing the Sun-Saturn opposition between your career house and your domestic house, um, which, is, which are both angular. So I hope that, that it, it will give you a heads up. Um, yeah, Luna says, I think I'm feeling that Saturn, most of all trying to get house projects done. Yeah. I would just leave some room for um, some adjustments, right? 
and you may have to change your plan a little bit. That's that's part of that Sun and Saturn opposition, I think, is oftentimes we have a certain plan. We have an idea of how things are going to work out, and then Saturn comes along and says, well, you might not have considered this part, and that is okay. Um, you just have to be flexible around it. This is one of the qualities of executive functioning is flexibility and resiliency. So when you run into an unexpected challenge, when you run into a roadblock, to me, you have to be like water. Sometimes water doesn't just push through an obstacle. It, it holds back and it pools its resources and then it spills around the obstacle. And I think that's a great way to deal with that Sun-Saturn opposition potentially is to hang back, observe, gather resources, let some time pass, and maybe be flexible with the, the way that you're doing something so that it's in service of the greater purpose that you're trying to achieve. So the how is in service of the why. When we get so fixated on how we're doing something, we can lo completely lose track of why. And that's when we really have a difficult time with Virgo stuff is when we're so fixated on methodology that we've completely lost track of what we're trying to achieve and the legacy that we're trying to pass on or the, the thing that we're trying to protect against the ravages, ravages of time or the thing that we're trying to eliminate. That's when we start to fall prey to anxiety and like get very um, a little bit OCD about things is when we're so attached to method. And I include myself in this. I, I'm, I have a lot of very specific methodologies in my life that I'm really having to examine and let go of as, as I move through my, my daily life. So hang in there, Sag rising. Hang in there, mutable rising signs during this, uh, this lunation cycle. Okay, Capricorn rising. Capricorn rising, you're having a new moon in your eighth house. So you will have a square between your eighth house new moon and the fifth house. So there could be some unexpected challenges with this new moon um, with resources that you share with another that also might be related to either your children or your creativity. Could be some stuff coming down where you're going to have to make a, a heroic effort to get something across the finish line. That's another another quality of the third decan of Leo is just Herculean efforts to get something done, um, to be able to to um, defend a position or something like that. Um, you do have Jupiter moving through your fifth house, so there could be some expansion in your creative process. You could be trying to increase your your resources when it comes through your creativity. You could also have, if you have kids, or if you have pets, there could be some expansion where they are experiencing some good fortune at the moment, but it also could be putting a lot of pressure on you. Uh, maybe you're having to, you know, help facilitate some of those financially or, or through a partner as well. Um, you're probably reevaluating with Venus retrograding through your eighth, how you support others and how you are supported. Um, Venus is going to be hosting both your 10th house and your fifth house. So there could be something where you're reevaluating the help that you need or the help that you are giving in a project at work that's a creative project, something of that nature as well. Um, and you've got the south node moving through the 10th house now too. So, so there's probably some situations where 
you might want to be doing more things at home. You might want to be decreasing the time that you spend out in the world and the time that you spend at work. You may be really trying to find a better work-home balance on some level. Um, there's going to be a trine between the fifth and the ninth house. So being able to uh, reevaluate some of your belief systems around your creative process could be very beneficial in doing something in a new way. You're also going to have Mercury retrograding in your ninth as well. So this could be uh, if you're planning a trip or something like that, Capricorn rising, you may have to reevaluate the details around it after this new moon. Um, you may be reevaluating your your beliefs around your skills. Okay, like maybe you're thinking about getting a new job or something like that, and you have to re refurbish your resume or something like that. Uh, and you're you're really started to having to do a hard uh, inventory of your skills, and you might have to reskill a little bit. I would say also Capricorn rising. All the Saturn ruled stuff, oftentimes you can discount your own value quite a bit. Like it's a, it's a, a hidden uh, planet. It's an it's a invisible planet on some level, right? It's, it's not one that necessarily always has clarity or awareness of all the skills and gifts that they possess. I, I have found that Capricorn and sometimes Aquarius risings in my life are, they're just very, very hard workers who are valued in their communities and but they have difficulty seeing how valuable that they are and oftentimes the, with their ninth house virgo placement they're constantly like worrying about th their value uh to others and um, their belief system the core of their belief system is sometimes self-deprecating on some level so I would say believe in yourself, Capricorn rising, especially with Pluto going through there. Be gentle with yourself. Um, and this, this new moon could be very beneficial for, for a partner in your life as well. Okay? You may be called upon to, to be a support system as well within that. And you probably, you know, with Saturn retrograding through your third house, and that being your ascendant ruler, there's probably a lot of reevaluation of your own daily habits and routines that are happening as well and whether they are serving your greater goals and your higher purpose. Okay. Let's see. Kaylin is here. It says Virgo ascendant with this 12th house new moon. I'm surrendering to sharing my responsibilities regarding dad's health to hospice. Oh, sorry, Kaylin. That's tough. After three and a half years of ongoing stress, I need to establish more time for myself to recover. Yeah. So there's a circumstance. That's a great example, Kaylin, of a circumstance that's just out of your control, potentially, that you're going to have to take time to, to practice some self-care, to have some time for yourself. Um, yeah, that fits in really well with what we were talking about, but I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that's a difficult time. I went through a period of time where my mom was, you know, having some real difficult health challenges before she passed. And it's a stressful time, especially when you're used to um, wanting to help and wanting to be able to, to direct something in a certain way. And when we're getting closer to death, there aren't, there's sometimes there isn't a lot that we can do except surrender and, and accept. And that is one of the most difficult lessons of all. So 
I, I, I feel you, Kaylin, and I hope that everything goes well with that and that your dad's uh, transition is, is as comfortable as possible. Okay, Aquarius rising. So Aquarius rising is an, yet another angular new moon house. So here we have a, a powerful new moon in your seventh house of partnership. You've probably been reevaluating your partnerships quite a bit. Um, Venus is retrograding through that house. It's also been connected to your ninth house of long distance travel, of orthodox belief systems, and <clears throat> pilgrimages or journeys that you might take to find meaning in your life. It's also providing resources to your fourth house of home, family, your roots. You've got a really positive aspect with Jupiter hanging out there, or a positive planet traveling through that house. But there may be some tension between you and a partner and your family um, or your home. This, I, this, this could be something where something unexpected happens within your home or family, uh, Aquarius rising, and, and it causes some, uh, some, some challenges within your relationship. I will say that you have a very beneficial trine between Jupiter in your ninth, eighth house, excuse me, in your eighth house. I'm sorry, Mars. I think I said Jupiter. You have a very beneficial trine between Mars in your eighth and Uranus in your fourth house. So this could be something where you're uh, reevaluating how you share resources, where you're eliminating any flaws in the shared budget or something like that that will help you move forward with your home projects or things of that nature that could be a potential example mercury is going to retrograde in your eighth house so there could be some reevaluation of of uh, your partner's resources or the resources that you share with someone else as well or even a legacy that could happen after a passing so keep that in mind as well your ascendant ruler saturn is going through your second house so there's a lot of questions about how you support yourself versus how other people are supporting you. Um, and you may have to have patience with that process as well. Okay. Let's move on to Pisces rising. Okay, Pisces rising. So here we have a sixth house new moon. That's the, the sixth house is the house of illness, injury, work that you may have to do that you may not get a lot of credit for. The sixth house also has a signification as being the cadent from the seventh, which means that we're being pulled away from some kind of completion. Now, I know that that sounds difficult, and, and it might be. Uh, but the, what I tell a lot of my sixth house friends, you know, my daughter included, she has a big stack up in the sixth house natally, is that oftentimes when we're doing a lot of work and we don't necessarily always get the celebration at the end that doesn't invalidate the work that you're doing so pisces rising there may be some things that you have to do where you may not get the the acknowledgement or the recognition that you deserve for the work that you're doing but you will always have the experience and the experience is something that people can't take away from you so this is going to be a really important time for you to be able to value yourself rather than having to get that external validation. This is another thing that's been really an important journey that I've gone on as a Leo rising. 
is releasing the need for external validation um, and becoming more of my own validation system. This is something I've been really working on with, uh, you know, Spear and Sundry's Regulus oil. I, I, I wear it every day. And Regulus is really a, a fixed star. At, at, you know, it's, it, it was at 29 degrees Leo, but now it is processed to uh, zero degrees Virgo. But, it, but it's really a fixed star that, that talks about the heart and the core of that Leo uh, energy. And one of the significations of it is to be able to feel the confidence and the self-esteem that's unreliant on external validation. And the funny paradox is that when you finally are able to embrace that, it actually does bring external validation. That's the, the trick is it's sort of like a, I had a, a guitar teacher. It was a really interesting guy. His name was Jeremy Morris in Kalamazoo. He's a, he was a really nice, nice guy, Sagittarius. And he, he told me the story of meeting his wife. And he, <laughs> I didn't really understand this at first, but I do now. He says, his, he told his wife, I love you, but I don't need you. And his wife said that was the most romantic thing I'd ever heard. You know, I was like, wow, that sounds weird, but I, I, I get it now. Like he, he's, he says that his love for her was pure and it's not because he needed that love. It's because it, it, he truly felt it, right? So that, that could be something that can get you through this six house new moon is when you truly feel that self-esteem that isn't related on anyone else's energy, that's when you know that you've started to embrace that. Um, you're going through some difficult times with Saturn retrograding through your first house. There's probably a lot of changes that you're having to make, a lot of old narratives that you're probably having to release right now as far as the, um, how you shape your life through your belief. Some dreams that you have, and Pisces Risings have plenty of dreams. Some are not practical, and some are going to have to be let go of. Others are going to become more real than they have ever been in your life, and all of the things that come along with making a dream real. Sometimes when a dream becomes real, it isn't exactly how we thought it was going to be, and that can lead to some challenging feelings as well. Uh, this lunation for you, Pisces Rising, is going to be squaring your third house. So this could also be the beginning of dealing with a, a health challenge as well. Um, oftentimes, Pisces Risings will have some uh, inconsistent vitality, I would say, depending on the placement of your Jupiter. But this could be a time where you're feeling a little bit burnt out, a little bit tired, and you may have to, to reevaluate how you're organizing your day-to-day -day life, which is represented by the third house. Luckily, you have a nice trine between your seventh house and your third house, so potentially you might be able to get some support from a partner to help you reevaluate what will work for both of you moving forward. But Mercury is going to be retrograding in that seventh house, so allow, allow some adjustments to take place with your relationships as well. Um, this could also be a great time to start a new area of study with Jupiter moving through that third house as well. Just learning, like, like I was learning the new executive skills, this could be something that could be really beneficial for you as well, Pisces Rising. I like to think of the executive skills as a Virgo type of energy, right? Um, although it will benefit every sign. 
this is something as I'm reading it, there are all sorts of thoughts that were coming up as far as like, how would I speak to people with specific placements about these types of things? Um, I always like trying to keep my readings very practical and like give people actionable things that they can do and learning this kind of thing, I feel makes me a much better astrologer and, and especially with the types of advice I can give to help people deal with some challenging placements within their chart. So hang in there, uh, Pisces rising, and um, this too shall pass. Okay, let's go back up to Aries rising. Just making it happen today. Okay, Aries rising. You, my friend, are going to have a new moon in your fifth house. And it is going to be squaring Uranus in the second house. Okay. So the fifth house is associated with children. It's associated with how we seek pleasure. It is the joy of Venus. You do have Venus and it's joy in the fifth house right now. Okay. Um, this could be a reevaluation period of what brings you pleasure, of how you seek pleasure, how you receive and give pleasure. Uh, it could be a reevaluation of um, your role as a parent. It could be a reevaluation of the support that you give to your children or that you give to people that you support in your life. Um, there could be some unexpected expenses that come up through either your own uh, creative process or your own seeking of pleasure or through your children. Like uh, this is what's you're really having to reevaluate how you utilize your own resources. The good news is that Jupiter is in your second house, which is good for money. And as long as you keep pacing yourself and uh, show up and do the work necessary to facilitate support for yourself, you should be okay. Um, you have a really positive trine between Mars and your sixth house, which is in its joy and Uranus in the second. So this could be eliminating flaws in, in a system that have been a health issue for a long period of time. Like this could be the time where you're finally getting the medicine that you need. You got mercury, really powerful mercury in the sixth house too. So this could be uh, a doctor or something that's really helping you out. Um, this is another thing with sixth house. Sixth house can also be um, people who do a service for us like practitioners like a doctor or like someone who we hire to do a service for us and you could be having some positive experiences with mercury there but also there's a lot of focus there as well uh so this could be a time to just eliminate things that weren't aren't working for you maybe there's i don't know maybe there's some supplements or like some medications that you're on and you have to reevaluate which of those things are going to help you move forward uh, you also may be experiencing a lot of work that you're not necessarily getting credit for with the ruler of your ascendant in the sixth house. This could be just a, a time to grind, right? Uh, and Mars is going to help you to decide what, what stays and what goes as far as your, your time management is concerned. One thing I'll say for everybody is that Mars is shortly going to move into its exile in Libra. So take advantage of a of powerful Mars Uranus here to, to create the systems that'll get you through a challenging Mars period in Libra where our, our energy may not be as 
forward focused or as it's going to be when it moves into Libra. It, it, we may have to make adjustments to other people's energy when it moves into Libra. So if you're trying to feel a sense of personal empowerment, this is a good opportunity to do that before it moves into Libra. Okay, under the moon is here. Nice to see you, friend. I'm late, but I'm here from Alberta, Canada. I have to be a replay warrior. Nice. Yeah, we, we try to eliminate too many uh, distractions and tangents today. So we're far along in the program normally than we are. So just trying to be a little more efficient during this uh, Virgo, Mercury, and Mars period. Okay, Taurus rising. Here is our, I believe, our final uh, angular lunation. So here, Taurus rising, you're going to be experiencing the new moon in the fourth house, which is associated with the home and family, uh, your, your house, your domestic situation, relatives, parents, things of that nature. And it's going to be making a square to Uranus in the first house. One thing I could th think about with this particular arrangement is Taurus Risings have been going through a lot of changes lately. They've been trying to envision a new, a new persona. And sometimes our new personas run into challenges from people in our life because people in our life have put us in a category, right? Everybody does this. Like, this is human nature. We, we want to order our worlds and we want to know what to expect from people in our lives. And when when people in our life start to change, it can be really uh, disruptive to our friends, our family, and things like that. doesn't mean that we're wrong for changing. We, we can't not change. But we sometimes have to have grace for other people in our lives, too, that are making adjustments to our new sense of self. And that could be something that you're working through around this, this new moon and the fourth, is there, there could be some adjustments into... Uh, your to your new energy from your family you could be reevaluating your role within your home or within your domestic situation or within your home and family um, and this is also you know the, venus is about to be renewed in the heart of the sun this weekend too so this is a lot of like personal transformation for taurus risings for a sign that is normally very consistent um, is known to maybe be less enthusiastic about change <laughs> i'm including myself in this with the taurus moon so you know we're, we're it's not always comfortable to to make those changes but it takes a lot of courage to to get over the inertia that is maybe has been stopping you this is a taurus is, is notorious for um, getting into a routine like it, it can be very difficult for a taurus type to get started but it's also hard for them to stop when when they've when they've committed to something when it's become part of their routine changing that is like turning around an oil tanker i mean it's just like beep 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 just takes forever it's just a really large you know vessel and it just needs to be patience with that process and with yourself over that process um venus is also providing resources for your sixth house so this could also be a reevaluation of like potentially something that affects your health, you know, because the first and the sixth are, are connected. So uh, it could be also reevaluating practitioners that you work with as well, like doctors or like people that do services for you. There's going to be a beneficial trine between Mars and Uranus. 
from the fifth to the first house. So this could be Mars saying, hey, there's there's certain details around like your children that, that where you're identifying and then eliminating and shoring up things against, uh, you know, the flaws that could come up through natural forces that are outside of your control. Uh, there could be something where you're reevaluating how you seek pleasure in your life and eliminating some of the things that couldn't that might not be healthy for you. I know our good friend Mo is is on a journey of she's mentioned this in the chat, so I feel like it's okay to speak to it. Uh, she's been trying to kick Diet Coke, uh, which she's had a you know somewhat of an addiction to for a while, and she's. I think the last time I saw she was on like day 13 or 14. So I just want to applaud her for her efforts. And I know it's been a lot of things like that when they have become ingrained from a, a young age can be very difficult to shift, but it, it's, it's worth the effort to be able to have more energy or to have a better, um, you know, have better health moving forward. And I just want to applaud the efforts of you Taurus risings. If you're, if you have been trying to eliminate something that might not have been healthy for you, I know it's really difficult because seeking pleasure is really an important part of who you are. And, and it, there's security and comfort that comes with like things like food and, and sensory, uh, sensory pleasures. As a Taurus moon, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to kick, kick the habit of something that brought me pleasure that isn't good for me anymore. I, I, I'm realizing that I really have a gluten sensitivity. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a, a celiac or anything like that, but my body doesn't do well with sugar and with wheat. And sometimes I'll try to convince myself that I can eat small amounts of those things and, and still feel okay. And I really just can't, you know, I really, it really makes me feel really terrible the next day. And I'm, I'm learning that if I want to feel good consistently, I really can't have those things. I really can't have uh, excessive sugar. I really can't have you know, things that have a lot of wheat in it. And so, so it, it, it's hard to come to terms with that sometimes. Um, but it's well worth the effort to be able to do more and be more and to, to live longer and to be, be there for the people in your life, you know, and be, and be the best version of yourself for the people in your life. Okay, so that's going to help with that Mars Uranus trying. Mercury is going to retrograde in your fifth house as well, Taurus rising, where Again, this will be a really powerful time for learning new skills about maybe even in regards to your children or your creative projects, but also reskilling in the way that you uh, take pleasure as well. So, so this could be like finding a new diet, finding a new discipline around that. Um, and there's going to be a powerful Kazemi with Mercury uh, down the line too. So, so hang in there. And I know you can do it. You got this. You got this prudence with your Taurus sun. You got this, Monique, with your journey with uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> and, and hopefully, you Taurus moons out there, if you, you know, I'm saying to myself, I got this. I can, I can re-energize myself by eliminating things that make me feel bad. Okay, let's keep rolling. We got a couple more. Look at I think we're on pace. I think we're going to make it. We're going to make it, friends. Four o'clock was my, my goal today. Look at this executive functioning. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, just funny. Okay. Gemini rising. Here we have another mutable rising sign with a new moon in the third house, squaring Uranus in the 12th. 
this could be a new moon that's related to your organizing your day, uh, the short journeys that you take in your everyday life. It could be related to things like siblings, could be related to your extended family or your neighbors. Um, you're probably reevaluating how you go about learning processes and how you organize your time. Um, Venus has been retrograding in your third as a host to the fifth house. So another sign that could be potentially evaluating how they seek pleasure in life and their and subsequently their addictions and what brings them but what brings them joy in a healthy way and venus is also providing resources for the 12th house so there could be some realizations that some of the things that you do to seek pleasure on a day-to-day -day basis aren't good for you and that's okay um again we, we all have different ways of handling stress in our life and I'm going to keep banging the drum for these executive functioning books because one of the things that I'm learning from this Gemini rising, I know all you Gemini risings enjoy a good book. What I'm learning is that a lot of the trauma responses that we learned in our youth and in our developmental years, uh, they really affect, they affect our brain chemistry. Um, you know, this, this book I'm reading has a lot of, neuroscience involved in it where if you had a traumatic event when you were younger there may be some parts of your brain that develop slightly differently than other people and we try to fill in those voids or gaps or or challenges you know through all sorts of different means and the good news is is that even if we've had some of that traumatic events when we were younger the brain is so capable of making new connections and new uh, neural pathways. You really can fix your brain. I, 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 and it's just, it's so um, heartening to, to know that, that if you struggle with some of these things, yes, you might not become an, an expert in one particular area if it's a weakness, but you definitely can uh, improve in some of those areas. So I think with this particular new moon for Gemini rising, you know, you're, you're probably going to be looking at how you organize your day, how you learn. Um, there's going to be a beneficial trine between Mars and Uranus in your fourth house, okay, to your 12th house. So you, one of the things I think would be important for Gemini Risings here is, you know, you've got Jupiter in your 12th. You don't necessarily have to find the answers to everything, um, especially now. You may not have the answers to everything. You may just need to learn to be, and that's okay. Learning to be is okay. That's one of life's greatest lessons is learning to reconnect the body and the mind, the heart and the mind, the heart and the spirit, and body and the spirit, all these things. Because really, the separation that we experience with that is an illusion. Um, I'm really starting to take this to heart, especially as I get deeper into environmentalism and, and environmental stewardship. A lot of the challenges that we have around, uh, you know, our philosophy that has brought us to the brink of extinction have come by seeing things as separate, uh, by seeing humanity as separate from the earth, by seeing um, life as separate from death on some level. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to see the spirit separate from the body. Uh, I, I think that when we start to integrate those things, where we we start to not separate out body and mind. 
that's going to be an important lesson, I think, for you, Gemini Rising, this particular lunation is just seeing things holistically and that it's okay to be, and you don't have to, to force answers on something. It's okay to relax. It's okay to just be in your, in your, your human space suit without having to uh, be off somewhere else in your mind. Now, you may have some reevaluations that may be coming up with your family maybe revisiting a family member or something like that. I believe Jennifer was saying that they're going to be revisiting uh, somebody fairly soon. Uh, this could be happening with Mercury in your fourth house. You could be reevaluating some systems in your home or with your parents or with your family as well. So that could be moving uh, something that will help you move forward as well. You've got Saturn in your 10th retrograding in Pisces, which can lead to Probably some questioning about what your role is out in the world, which could be a little bit confusing, but just live into the process. Sometimes you don't necessarily have to figure anything out. Sometimes life will bring you the answer without you needing to do anything uh, to, to push the river. Okay. And finally, the patient cancer risings. Uh, you are having a new moon in your second house. Oh, Jennifer says she's trying to quit smoking. That fits really well, Jennifer, with that Gemini rising that we were talking about. Good. Well, good luck with that, Jennifer. That's that will be a huge boost to your to your future self and and to your current experience. I hope um, to to be able to breathe breathe fresh air. But I know it's a struggle, and I know that just be gentle with yourself. Take your time, and and you know you'll get through this. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you and Mo and everyone who's trying to to commit to valuing their self and, and trying to maintain habits that are in service of being their their best and healthiest self. I, I'm so in favor of and supportive of that journey. And I know how difficult it can be, but really rooting for you and, and sending you sending you all love. Okay, Cancer Rising, second house new moon. This is a, a great time to, to reevaluate your finances, your resources, your skill set. You've probably been already doing that with Venus retrograding in that second house. You might be waiting for some money to come that you've, is, you're like, where's the money? It needs to come. There may be, uh, but it's, it's, it'll come. It'll show up. Okay. This new moon is going to be squared Uranus in the 11th house. If you're like uh, part of a group, there may be some unexpected challenges with the group and some financial things that come up. Um, you do have Jupiter in the 11th house, though, so it is a fortuitous time for expanding your role within a, a, a group that shares a shared sense of purpose. Um, you have a very beneficial trine from Mars in your third house to Uranus in the 11th. Okay, so it's time to, uh, another good opportunity to eliminate some of the flaws in your daily systems that could be taking away time that you need to be able to, to, to support yourself, okay? You also are going to be reevaluating your day-to-day -day habits with Mercury retrograding through the third house. Um, I know that as a Cancer Sun, and this, uh, oftentimes I will see that people who have a Sun sign and a rising sign in common will have some similar tendencies. Uh, 
Cancer is a very go with the flow type of sign. It, it is not always linear. It's not always um, practical, I would say. It, 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 it depends. I guess it depends on where your moon is and things like that. But uh, sometimes it's easy to get sidetracked and distracted by our feelings and our emotions. And one other thing I like about this book that I've been suggesting is it talks a lot about emotional regulation. How many times cancer rising and cancer suns and cancer placements have you gotten unproductive or off track on your day because a strong feeling came up? Either you got sentimental about something or someone made you angry or you got really sad or you got really excited about something. And part of being consistent with our energy and with our executive functioning is learning how to emotionally regulate learning how to even de delay a response after a feeling comes up of being able to evaluate what the best action would be in response to that feeling. And that's something that takes practice. And it might not be something that comes naturally to you, but it can be learned. So that could be something that you're thinking about with the third house Mercury retrograde as well. You've got Saturn in your ninth house, you know, really help encouraging you to let go of limiting belief systems as well. Um, this is a great time to, to visualize the life that you want, okay, rather than getting stuck in the visions of the past. Cancer being ruled by the moon is a sticky, sticky sign. It's very difficult to let go of old memories, especially if they were connected with a strong feeling. But when we get lost in those memories, especially if they were traumatic ones, we are living in the past. And it's not reflective of your current reality. So by letting go of some of those old feelings, those old traumas, you're able to live a life that is a reflection of your current reality rather than on something that happened in the past. And that's really liberating, friend. I, I will say this is, again, I'm, as a cancer son, I'm going on that journey with you. Like I'm really having to change my belief systems about my value as a person, my value, my skill set what is possible for me as a cancer son. And you may be going through a similar reevaluation about your worth as well as a cancer rising. So that, my friends, is the new moon through the houses. And we have about 15 more minutes to do our animal and our I Ching. I hope that you're doing well out there. Before I do that, do me a huge favor. If you're new here, please subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification bell. Uh, please like this video. If you want to make a donation to the work I'm doing, you can do a super chat or a super sticker here today, or you can donate to uh, me at Venmo at SpencerMichaud.com, or there's a link for PayPal me as well. You can also buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Okay, so the I Ching that I have for you today is number 31 which translates to reciprocity, mutual influence, mutual attraction, courtship, wooing. Oftentimes, Leo is, I think, falsely accused of being self-centered. I think what I've learned about the Leo folks in my life is that, yes, we want to be the best that we can be, but we're also cheerleaders for other people. It's like we want to shine our brightest light, but we also want others to shine their light as well. So we may be going through something right now where we're trying to influence other people or we're trying to attract something. 
And line number four says perseverance brings good fortune. Remember, this is a, a, a decade of courage, right? Where we're having to really dig deep to, to move forward in our life. Regrets vanish. Restless and uncertain, he paces back and forth. Only his friends can follow his thoughts. Okay, so this could be a time where we might be feeling a little bit of anxiety about how we're going to put ourselves out in the world. And I'm thinking of a restless cat, a restless lion pacing back and forth and in their habitat or in the Sahara Desert, you know, just thinking, like just kind of, okay, I'm restless. I, uh, so there may be a desire to influence somebody or a specific person or situation. Uh, this specific line also encourages you to resist being calculating and manipulative. It encourages you to act sincerely and naturally and to let your real and authentic self shine through if you're trying to gain a following. Oftentimes when we're trying to put ourselves out there, we feel like we have to, you know, especially with like marketing and things like that, we have to sell ourselves in a way that is, uh, there's all sorts of marketing ideas and things like that. I think the best marketing that you have when you're trying to do something is just being yourself and telling people the types of value that they would receive from, from working with you or things like that uh, without forcing it, right? I think that people are pretty smart and they can kind of see through an, an attempt to, to manipulate them to do something that they're not ready to do yet. So this could be something that message that we're receiving right now too is when we're shining our light, that's, it's, it's enough just to be yourself. You don't have to put on any airs or pretension. Um, you don't have to force the issue. And the thing with Leo too is that, or with Leo in addition, is that you know not everyone is going to get jump on board, and that's okay. And and you need to, you know, lead without insisting that others follow. I think that's really an important part of Leo is saying sometimes your intensity and your passion will be for somebody specifically. And it won't be for somebody else, and, and that's all right. And, and that's just kind of how life goes. This hexagram is changing to hexagram number 39, which is, uh, translates to obstruction, limping, stumbling, adversity, impediment, trouble, looking, which requires us to look inward and self-reflect. I think this might be speaking a little, I was thinking about what, what this could be. I think it speaks a little bit towards the sun opposing Saturn. Um, the sun is going to be opposing Saturn about three degrees Virgo and three degrees of Pisces shortly after this lunation. Um, we may be trying to woo people, but there may be some blockages that we really just have to live into the answers. Um, we're still going through Venus retrograde. Venus is going to station direct on 3rd of September. We're going to be starting a Mercury retrograde, which is on the 23rd of August. So if you're trying to do something that's important to you, you may have to be patient with the process. And there may be some things where you have to make some adjustments along the way. So keep that in mind as we move forward. Oh, let's see. The animal I got for you today was the bear. The bear is interesting to me because the bear is a, a powerful, powerful animal. It represents fierce strength, but also it has a a gentle appearance to it, a, a gentle nature that sometimes is underestimated. And sometimes people will underestimate us because of our niceness and our gentleness. I, for one, have had some times where people have underestimated my intensity because I try to project publicly a very 
uh, kind persona. <laughs> like, I think that having Taurus in my 10th house, a lot of my kindness comes out in public, right? And this is true for everyone. You have a, a certain area of your life where, where that Venusian energy is going to be on display. There's going to be other places where your intensity comes out, where the warrior comes out. For me, in my domestic sphere, there's, I've always felt a little bit like hmm, the warrior comes out a little bit more in my domestic space than it does publicly. So how can, wh where are you embracing that bear energy, where you are showing that fierce strength or where somebody may be underestimating you potentially? Um, bears are very agile for their size. They don't look like, they look like these giant animals, but they can run really quickly and very agile. Think of like my favorite, like bear person is Jack Black and think of like, he, he was, he literally voiced a panda bear in uh, Kung Fu Panda, right? But if you see Jack Black, he looks like a panda bear um, or a bear or grizzly bear. And he is just the essence of physical comedy and, and he's doing jump kicks and like he's just so agile for for his you know body type or whatever and he, that's what we can do with bear energy is um sometimes we have to be agile even if people don't see it within us we have to learn how to to be flexible we have to learn how to to move quickly when necessary as well remember a bear is a hunter so if we're trying to hunt down some sort of project or resource, we may have to snap into action, even though we might prefer sitting around and, and uh, we may appear that we're sitting around. Sometimes we'll have to snap into action to get something done. Bear also reflects introspection. They hibernate. Um, they are somebody who, I think they know their, a bear knows their, their worth and their power. Um, there's not a whole lot of things that threaten a bear. They know that they're just going to be able to do their thing and uh, that they're sort of the, the king of the forest on some level. But a bear encourages you to, to dig deep and to do some soul searching without outside interference. This is reflected in the hibernation cycle. So another aspect of the Leo season is really being trusting your own intuition, trusting your own passion, trusting your own path and vision. And the bear can reflect that as well. We may need to retreat and take some time and some solitude to get to know what our true path is for ourselves rather than the expectations that people have for us. So find your own center and balance and get to the core of your own personal truth during this period of time. Okay, that is what I have for you today. I I think I did it. I set myself an intention to get done by four o'clock and we made it. And uh, Beth is here from a road trip. Nice to see you, Beth. Uh, hope that you're doing well. Um, well, thanks everyone for hanging out with me for a few hours. Uh, thank you for going on this journey with me. I hope that you'll have a, a wonderful new moon in Leo. Please, 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 if you're not signed up on my email list, please sign up because I'm going to be launching a really big, big offering this weekend as Venus is in the heart of the sun. So if you want to be the first to sign up, there will be some limited space in this, in this course offering. So make sure you're on that email list. And I would love, love, love to see you in this uh, deck and walk that we're going to be doing. Um, so please like and subscribe. Donate if you can. 
And uh, as always, be kind to yourself during this period of time. There's probably going to be some some forces beyond your control. There's going to be a lot of uh, things that may require a lot of effort, but it'll be worth it in the end. As long as you're flexible, as long as you are able to utilize that martial Uranian energy to eliminate some of the flaws in the process, and, and then it'll work out, right? Have faith in the process. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you today. It's always easier to do all of this work if you are kind to yourself and kind to one another. You're going to get a lot more cooperation from people if you're nice and if you are also offering help to one another. But you're going to be able to move through your day with ease if you talk with kindness to yourself and you be your own best friend, right? I think that a lot of times we talk to ourselves like uh, we criticize ourselves so much more harshly than we even that we criticize others. And um, changing that self-talk can really can really change your life. Okay? And thank you, Sarah, for the super sticker. Appreciate you, friend. So that is what I've got for you today. I so appreciate you as a community. I'm looking forward to, to working with you. As always, if you need help through these, these, these times, uh, feel free to reach out for a reading. My books are open. I would love to work with you in whatever capacity, whether it's individually or with a group. And um, I will see you the next time, friends. Have a good one, and I'll see you next time. Peace.